Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast. I'm Michael Sharon. Ambika grew up in Nepal, familiar with Hindu culture and life. It was in Atlanta that she reconnected with her ancient past, seeing bald American devotees like the one she had seen as a girl in Kathmandu. You can hear the Questions for the Sages podcast on questionsforthesages.com, the Questions for the Sages Facebook page, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Thanks to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland for making this podcast possible. Welcome to Questions for the Sages, interviews from the Hare Krishna community in Potomac, Maryland. I'm Michael Scherer. And today I'm speaking with Ambika. Yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. Thank you. And I see you here very, fairly regularly. Uh, yes, we try to be. We try to come every Sunday and every other festivals. Uh huh. You know, unless there's an emergency in the you know family. Sure. We try, you know, our best to be regular coming. How long have you been coming here? Um, we started coming to these temples in 97. Okay. Yeah, back in 1997. And in 1997, you came here f to this temple from where? Um, we were new in Northern Virginia. We moved from South. We were in South Carolina for nine years and then moved to Northern Virginia. And then a friend of us told us that there's a temple in Maryland, so we just that's how we found out. Had you been going to temples before you came to this one? You mean the Scon temples? No, just yeah. any temples. Any. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, I'm originally from Nepal. Um, I grew up in a very religious family, so going to temple was part of you know the, all the activities we did when I was little. And then when we moved to the United States. Um, we were in South Carolina, like I said, for nine years, and then there were no temples in the place where we were. What did you do? Uh, my husband went to a graduate school. He was there for the PhD program. The what school? A graduate school. Uh-huh. Yeah. And but, but what did you do about the fact that there weren't any temples around? We didn't do anything. Oh, yeah? <laughs> we, just, we just do some rituals at home. Uh -huh. I mean, um, just reading some script scriptures and then just regular worshipping at home, personal deities worshipping at home, uh -huh. but the North Temples, the closest one was in Atlanta, Georgia, so. Did you ever go there? We went there two, three times uh, in entire time we were there. So when you went to the one in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> you came from Nepal. Right. Where this sort of style of worship or or... or Sort of thematically, you're you're very familiar with. Um, yeah, when I mean when I said temple means any Hindu temple, not particularly the Skan. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in Nepal, like I said that I grew up in a religious family, so the temple going to temple means any any Hindu temples, and then but we came we came to Krishna consciousness. Uh, we came to uh, we were became familiar with the Skan temple. Mm -hmm with uh, Prabhupada's philosophy in Atlanta, Georgia. The, the Atlanta, Scon, Atlanta temple was the first Scon temple that we went inside in. In America? In America. 
Yeah. That was the first... First Iskand Temple. Iskand Temple was the one in Atlanta, but right. it wasn't the first temple. No, no. We just went to Durga Temple, Ganesh Temple, and any other. Now... You know, Shiva Temple uh, also. Uh, before we get to Iskand, uh-huh. I want to know, when you go to a temple, mm-hmm. and it's not an Iskand Temple, right. like before, right. what did you do? Um, we were taught to... We were... That's how we grew up. We were taught to just go pay a visit to, to the temple and then just take a dozen of the duties and then, um, well, mostly just there was no feeling inside. We just we just went because we were you were doing the rituals. Go. Yeah, following the ritualistic things, you know, and then but not really bhakti inside. Well. You know? Did you know? So, I mean, not really knowing the core philosophy, why we're going. Because we why all you're grew doing up what doing, you're doing. Yeah, doing like that. But you personally didn't have a feeling of bhakti. Not really. Not, yeah, but, not but really. Did, did other people have that feeling? I don't know what others did, but yeah. I, I can't really talk about others. I don't, I it, don't know what others did. But that's what basically people did, did uh, they're still doing. And then actually, in my sense, I don't know what others did or what others are doing, but in my case, so I really um, came to understand the philosophy behind why we're doing oh, okay. after we get in contact with the Iskand Temple. Well, well, see, that's kind of interesting, and, and this is something that has come up more than once, mm-hmm. is, the, is the idea of people moving from India to America. Mm-hmm. Once they get to America, mm-hmm. learning about the Hare Krishna movement and its mm-hmm. books, <coughs> and finding out what it is they were doing in India. Right. India, it's sort of like you have to... India, Nepal, where I'm come from, or any other part of the eastern in eastern part of where we're from. So, um, yeah, I don't know why exactly, but I guess people are mostly... Um, um, they're mostly following the ritual, ritualistic. They're more ritualistic than following the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing karmakanda. I don't know if you understand the karmakanda. It's just more in that they're so ritualistic, not really understanding why they are doing, but they're doing anyway because uh-huh. you were told by but their parents or their family members to do it. But there also must be something appealing, or they wouldn't do it. Like there must be something that makes them feel better, or or that they feel enjoy. Yeah, in my case, I used to like it but not understanding why I'm doing this particular offering. Yeah. But I used to like it just because I'm in front of the Lord. But I don't know what's the meaning behind it. What happens well, if I do it? But I used to get peace when I in the temple. I'm doing mm-hmm. the fasting, mm-hmm. all, all the ritualistic things. I, I like doing it. I don't so, know what you would call that bhakti or not, but I used to like doing it. But I also, I don't know why I'm doing it, but what's the meaning behind it? But when parents say do it, I l- like doing it. Sure. Yeah. So how did this change? <laughs> how did it change from you were doing um, something that was very ritualistic that you enjoyed mm-hmm. to something that you felt like you were understanding why you were doing it? How did that transition happen? Um I did, 
Well, I'm, I'm more happier now because I know why I'm doing that. But how did you find out? Like I said that earlier, that's after coming to Iskand Temple, reading Prabhupada's you know, books and um, associating with devotees, and I learned a lot. Yeah. And then I found out, uh, like for example, um, when you offer something to the Lord, uh, doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be fancy or something really great or something very in a large scale. But when you offer something, even the flower or the leaf, something with the but with a great devotion, Lord will be ha Krishna will be happy. I didn't know that before. Hmm. That's a good big thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, it it seems like. Um, but we we have to offer with the love and devotion. Right, yeah. and in in ISKCON, uh, there's a very strong idea that what Krishna, God, wants from you mm -hmm. is your devotion. That the offering is secondary to the devotion with which you offer it, and whatever gets you to that point of devotion, I guess, could be considered uh, bhakti yoga. Mm -hmm. M maybe. I mean, I'm not a scholar, but I'm sort of uh, supposing. So, so the you were you when you went to the Iskon Temple in Atlanta with your husband. Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you saw Prabhupada's books? Um, I had seen books before, but I never paid that much attention. Actually, I didn't pay attention at all, not only that much. Um, actually, I grew up, I kind of grew up seeing that, seeing his devotees in Kathmandu, the city where I'm from. Uh -huh. And when I was little, um, I used to see those devotees dancing in front of the Krishna's, uh, kind of like a little Rathayatra during the Janmashtami time. So, you know, some people used to do little Rathayatra with Krishna and Radha Krishna's deities in the, in the cart. And then I had seen, I kind of grew I had seen the foreign devotees dancing in. Were they all the, foreign? Some were, some mixed. Mixed. So mixed. there were some people, yeah, some local, from, some people some from Kathmandu. Local, and some oh, mostly local, and then some foreign devotees, they were doing, they were dancing and chanting in the road, street. Mm -hmm. And then I saw them as a child. I was really curious, and because there was those days, it was very, very rare, or very rare, almost none, seeing the you know foreigner, you know, f uh, doing dancing and kirtan, doing kirtan. And then when I saw them first time, I was re I just I was really surprised. I couldn't believe my eyes, and I was really curious. But I didn't ask anybody, and no one told me. And then. And often I used to see them later, I found out that, and the Iskand Nepal was nearby the area where I was, where my house was. Uh -huh. So they were close by, I didn't know. And uh -huh. I see them carrying, distributing, giving books to others, but I didn't know what was going on. And then I grew up later and moved to, uh, you know, U.S. And then in the Atlanta temple when I went there, and then I saw the same people, I mean, the devotees there too. And then I said, oh. These look just like the ones I saw in Kathmandu. Uh, right, saffron, you know, uh, outfit, and then, you know, um, um, bald hair, 
Mm-hmm. And then so uh, they're doing the kind of same thing, and oh, and then I then I realized oh, I have seen this kind of people before how mm. those days. So then I started becoming more curious, and then well, I was an adult. Then, but then I started you know looking for more and more about them. But how common was this with non-foreigners? So oh, so what I mean is in those days. In those days, mm-hmm. how often would it have been to see a kirtan? Or Harinam, people chanting in the streets, who were, who were all natives, mm-hmm. and would that have drawn your attention, mm-hmm. or was that normal for where you uh, were? It was not those days. It was early eighties, um, 80, 80, 81, You know, so um, it was, it was not that normal. It was very rare. It was, it was very, rare. Uh-huh, rare. Yeah. It was unusual for unusual you to see people like people in the streets. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, the foreigners. So what I was asking was, what I don't understand is what what it was before ISKCON in Nepal, in Kathmandu. So what, what would happen there? Okay. Um, uh, we have a... Um we have a Pasupatinath temple in Kathmandu. Uh-huh. I don't know if you have heard about it now. Pasupatinath is a Lord Shiva's temple. Just like you have heard about Puri, right? Jagannath Puri. I've heard of Jagannath right. Puri, yeah. For the people in Puri, Lord Jagannath is the main deity. Right? So everybody's, you know, yeah. almost, I don't know, almost everyone, or almost, is a devotee of Lord Jagannath. That's the main deity for the whole city. Uh-huh. Just like that for Kathmandu and all for the... You know, for the whole Nepal, the Pashtinath is a main deity. And what is it's a, this deity? It's a Lord Shankar, Lord Shiva. It's okay. Pashtinath is the name. Yeah. And, and it's so there. That is. There it, is a name of Lord Shiva. Right. Right. Okay. Pashtinath is the name of another you know, name for Lord Shiva. So the or that uh, then that means people are very uh, Shiva follower of the Lord Shiva. Uh huh. And it just happen. We just happen to be very nearby area of the Lord Pasadena temple. So, and then there are so many other small temples too. So people are, when I, when I say earlier, religious means people are followers of Lord Shiva. Uh-huh. And then we all, you know, like me, including myself, we all go to, you know, temple and then follow all the rituals, you know. Um, some may or may not read the scriptures, but, you know, doing more of the um, ritualistic yeah. things. But yeah. how likely were you to hear the Maha Mantra walking around Kathmandu? I mean, those days, now it's more, but those days, not really. You wouldn't have and heard it. And somewhere, and no, so more, people were followers of Lord Shiva, but some are still followers of um, Lord Krishna, of Vaishnava, or the Lord Vishnu. But still, the this particular Maha Mantra that Prabhupada gave us is not really, was not really common. Okay. Yeah. It was not really common. But was it recognizable? So that if you heard this mantra, mm-hmm. and this, like, back in the, you know, when you were young in Kemendu, mm-hmm. um, would it have drawn your attention? Would you have thought anything was unusual about it? Or would you have thought, oh, that's a that's a holy um, mantra? Right. The Rathayata, the little Rathayata that I said earlier, that's where I, the foreign devotees drew my attention. That was not a Rathayata like the one we do here. And the Iskand devotees. That was uh, during the Janmashtami time. Mm-hmm. So people just you know take the deity Radha Krishna in the little card, and then they just make a little um, rathayatra around the town, mm-hmm. just in celebration of Janmashtami. And and yeah, and that's where you put 
the deities mm -hmm. in a wagon or mm -hmm. a cart mm -hmm. and pull it around outside. Right. That's right. what you mean by Ratha Yatra. Right, right. That's what I first time I saw the Skan devotees. I guess they must have joined them celebrating Krishna's gymnastics. Yeah. So when they appeared, mm -hmm. everybody noticed. They're noticeable. I, I don't know what others did, but it really drew my attention. I just stood in the corner of the road and then I used to watch him. Oh my God. These what did you think? Devotees, what were they doing here? Oh, did they seem like they knew what they were doing or did they seem, um, did they seem I, like a good influence? They were just chanting and dancing along with others, you know, in celebration mm. of Janmashtami. I was on my way to school. I really mm. joined them, but maybe even if I had time, I would probably wouldn't have. I was a kid. Probably I was shy when mm. I was on my way to school. So I just stood in one corner and then I was particularly those foreign devotees. Did your did your parents talk about them at dinner time? No, I didn't tell them. I oh, didn't. Okay. I, 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 I don't know why. I didn't ask anybody. I was, but I was very curious. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that, was the, that was not the first time. Actually, I had seen them before and then I saw them several times. I used to see them, you know, here okay. and there. And also, um, like I said, the the Iskand Temple, Iskand Nepal was just nearby our you know area and the place where I you know my house was, and then a couple of times I still remember a um, couple of times the foreign people with the you know orange saffron with the bald head they used to be in and out of those big gate. And then I say, what are these people doing? What are they going in and out? So I used to watch and wonder and curious. That's how I grew up. And so you never really ran into them again until you were in Atlanta. Until Atlanta, yeah, you're right. So you had to come to the United States, go to Atlanta to, uh, yeah. to find them again. I guess you can say and that. And <laughs> what did you think when you found them again? Was it, did that remind you of home? Um, no, not home. I, I was I was happy. I was happy that um, actually uh, we didn't really we didn't go there uh, th looking. We were, we were not really looking for a Scone Temple. Sure. And it was my daughter's birthday, so it's, like I said, in South Carolina there were no temples around. So we wanted to take uh, her to nearby temple. We asked a friend if there is any temples around the area, and then she said, "Oh, they're not here, but." And the closest one is in Atlanta, which is about two hours drive uh -huh. away from uh, Clemson. And then, um, and then we went to other temples. There was some other temples, Durga temple, you know, this and that. And then we went to a couple of others. And then since we had a whole day, we just we just visited all of them. And then somebody said, oh, "There's one in uh, Radha." No, he didn't say Krishna. He said Radha Krishna temple. Oh, okay, let's go to that one too. Uh, yeah. And then so we went there, and we saw a big sign. It says Iskand Temple something Panihati Adham. And oh, okay, we went inside, and just by the door there was a huge, big um, Popas Murti. And, oh, okay. So I had never seen before. Okay. And then, but we had kind of heard that. I had kind of heard the name while I was, you know, seeing that those devotees. I kind of heard the name here and there, but didn't really pay attention. And I saw the big murti there. Oh, okay. So it looks real. And then my husband had never been inside too. And then when we saw, um, and then it was Arthi time. I Arthi had already started, and I saw uh, Pujari doing the Arthi Pujari in a black body, and I said, Wow. 
Presented in a black body. Wow. That so was really unusual, that was huh? Unusual, of course. And then unusual, and then that's also the first time. Then when it finished, some program started, and then when um, Mataji came and blew the council, sunk. Wow, woman blowing the council. Everything was so new to me. I was so excited. And then I said, Oh my God, I never seen those things before. In back home, we always only men blew the council. Only right. you know. Um, and the women doing everything else, and then my Pujari in the black body doing the worshiping arti, and then women blowing the council. Oh my God! And the whole atmosphere was something different, different than the other those temples that we visited in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then that was the evening, and we really liked that. And and everybody sat, and there was some kirtan, some some program was going on. And then the whole atmosphere was so different, different really? that yeah, it was a different. Well, th- Other temples, when you go, you just take a darshan, and the pujari gives some kind of you know flower, prasad, a flower mm-hmm. or uh, something, and then uh, or sometimes people they may give you some you know piece of knots or something as a prasad, and you just go go around and and then you know do dandavat and then return. And you've done your that's rituals. All. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. But, um, but in Skan Temple, the whole atmosphere the, the, that evening, the whole atmosphere was so different. So even though Kirtan was going on loud and noise, but still it was a very peace. I experienced something really different, uh, something peace inside. And then, um, and then also when I saw the different devotees, the different kind of uh, people doing the worship, which I had never seen when I was growing up, you know, when we were to temple, all the usually you know men doing everything else is, and this wow, so women can do this, even the person with the black body can do this, person with the white body can do this. That was wonderful. Mm. I was really impressed. Hmm. Yeah, and they give books and you know to tell and invite. You know, yeah. they invite you to do this and that. Now, I'd imagine after this, you <laughs> talked to your husband about it. Did you mm-hmm. did you talk about the difference you felt at a ISKCON temple than in the other temples? We did. We did. We talked about it on our way back. We had two hours, two hours to drive back uh-huh, home. Sure. And then we talked about it even since he was a student. And then also, you know, I was a new mom with a little girl. So we, I, and also we couldn't really... We didn't really follow afterwards, so we just okay. and then after some time, we, you know, it was lost, uh-huh. and then after in a few years, and then we moved to Northern Virginia here, and then we found out the Potomac Temple, and then we said, oh, we have seen this, you know, um, Atlanta, and for me, oh, I had seen this back when I was growing up, so everything was became so clear, and then we started, oh, we have to come, start coming here now, so we really liked it. So, so you coming. said in 1997. 97. Then we started coming here. My kids were, my son was, my daughter was um, seven and my son was three years old. Mm-hmm. So, and we really like, uh, the more we got involved, the more we liked it. Yeah. Yeah, the philosophy is great. We didn't know philosophy that time, that one evening, but, you know, then when we started coming and then that we heard about the you know, Prabhupada's more and more and then all his lifetime, how he, how, what struggle he did for us and then philosophy, everything is so Good one. We're so happy that we found it here. Oh yeah. <coughs> so you both are are are, are satisfied with right. what, yeah. with what you found yeah. here. Yeah. Have Have you talked with 
um, your relatives back in Kathmandu about I did. we do we did but they are not they're still the same they were what they were before and so and and they do what you were doing before where yeah I mean, I mean not only my relatives most people they do that I mean not only in Nepal you know in some part of India too you know yeah so so there's there's a different feeling it's, it's like um uh, just to make you uh, um, understand, like a worshiping a demigods. No. Yeah. You, you you understand what I mean? It's just well, I I, I mean it's not something I have a lot of experience with. Yeah. But okay. like worshiping a demigod, what yeah, does that it's mean? Instead of like Prabhupada's, uh, uh just made us things clear that Krishna is the ultimate source of everything. Mm-hmm. When you worship and when you love and so your devotion to offer your devotion to Krishna, then you don't have to do to any other god, demigods. Like for example, um, so we did, I did, what people are still doing, go to, you go to Krishna, I mean, Ganesh temple, you go to the Ganesh temple, you do this and that, you worship Kali, you serve Bhairab, all sorts of names. Mm-hmm. So they're all the expansion of Krishna's. So yeah. then, it, when, like, it's just like a, uh, what if you want um if you want to the tree to grow you water in trees roots yeah but instead of watering every leaf right so you know what i mean so but in back home so most people just water in every leaf well, watering and, and what, and what leaf, you mean the tea, by that is not gonna grow you what you mean by that is that um there are a variety of demigods to choose from for worship and there's no one particular god. I mean, uh, among them. everyone knows Krishna too, but I, I I don't know why everyone knows Krishna and the Vishnu and you know Lakshmi and then Lord Shiva, but you know, but instead of just focusing and then uh, offering their devotion and love and devotion to one, the topmost. That just it's just like watering instead of watering the root, just you start watering on every leaf. Yeah, the tree is not gonna grow. It's not you're not well, gonna grow your devotion. Yeah, I think um, um, the Hare Krishnas are actually more monotheistic than probably most Hindus, because most Hindus seem to spread it around. Uh, whereas whereas there is a singular focus here on Krishna, mm-hmm. right? Some people, uh, yeah, um, I see some people are still um, worshipping all around, mm-hmm. not only because they don't know Krishna, uh, some Jews still do even after they know who Krishna is. So I guess they're, well, in my experience, I guess, um, I don't know why, maybe they just, uh, also people worship not just to offer their love and devotion, they also worship to get some materialistic benefit. To get some benefit. Benefit. Yeah. So if they, I guess they offer, I mean, they worship this God to get that particular benefit because they're not, right. you know what I mean? Right. Uh, offer that, uh, worship that girl to get that benefit. Sure. So I guess they don't know that worshiping Krishna will not give them any benefit. Well, well, I don't know what this what they're thinking. How has your thinking changed since 1997? 
Like, have you gone through a, an evolution of how you your your religious life? Um, not particularly from 1997. We started coming. We've been coming here since uh, since, but um, the way I think, the way I live my life right now is a lot different than those day, those years, those days. Yeah. But it's a slow process. I, you know, it's, it's a taking sl- it's me a time. slow process of what. It's, what, slow what, process to what is it that's happening slowly? It's slow process to change. Slow process for me to change my view, the way I think, the way I, the way I think about life, the way I think about Krishna, the way I think about the other demigods. But you're saying that this is changing. The, the, it's, it these is changing. things are changing in what way? What do you mean? What way? It's a it's a positive way. In a positive yeah, way. Yeah, it's a positive way, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's more what now? Um, it's a positive way, and then, well, I still have a lot to go. I, I'm still, you know, I still have a lot to learn, but still, I know, I know Krishna more, more than what I knew those days. So, like I said before that, you know, I used to be, like one of them, I used to be all over too, you know. Bit, sure. Bit. So, when I understood that Krishna, if Krishna is the ultimate source of everything else, then I don't have to waste my time going elsewhere. Right. So that's a big change on me. Okay. Yeah. And and you said you have a long way to go. Long way to me. There's still a to, lot to, to learn. go. But where are you going? No, go means not really particularly going. I mean, it's a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah. but what it's would you? What would you? What I want to I know to is. Learn every day. What is it that you're trying to learn, or what is it that you need to know? Or I'm trying to know Krishna even even better, even more. Uh huh. And you do you feel like you do know Krishna more than you did twenty years ago? Twenty years ago, thirty when I was little, yeah, right. I still have, a, yeah, I still like to know him more. Has better? Has what you've learned changed the way you think about what's happening back home? Like, does India look different to you now that you're sort of? engaged in this sort of devotional service has india what do you mean does it look any different to you or does it seem different what's happening there now now that you now that you are sort of on this on this path of change mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i would i would assume growth and learning you do you feel like you've you've left some people behind or or sort of like I'm leaving. I'm leaving all you people to do these ritualistic things, but I'm going to go on a more personal developmental journey here. Mm-hmm. That's is that how I'm feeling? Yeah. And no, I have not. No, I I have not really thought about the people behind. No, I I don't know. I never what? thought what. They're doing behind it, or how this yeah. should have this. Should have. I'm, I'm not, just I'm not trying mind. to get you to, um, you know, disparage anybody. I'm just trying to get an understanding of what it is that that you're doing, that you're um, trying to accomplish by coming to this temple. Um, well, just mainly to. Um, Take a dozen of the Madan Mohan, Radha Madan Mohan, uh-huh. and then um, uh, the associating with the devotees. Uh-huh. And uh, so I try to, 
I try to hang out more with the devotees than the than my other friend that I used to hang out uh-huh. ten years ago, uh-huh. five years ago. I mean, slowly, you know. Yeah. Because you know, there's a benefit. You know, I get to concentrate more on Krishna when I'm with the devotees than with my other regular friends that I used to do before. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm still with the contact with them, but much less. Are there more than, opportunities? You know, what I, my other friends, what I mean is that uh, talking when I'm with the devotees, we talk about, you know, you know, Krishna and then how to walk faster in the path of devotion. Uh-huh. But when I'm with other friends, we talk, you know, about we talk um, about also what's on TV, what's on, yeah, yeah, all about politics, and yeah, also sports, you know, nonsense things. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's why, yeah. And it, when you're with them, do you ever try to bring up Krishna? And I have, I have, I yeah. have, but it doesn't uh, always work. Right? Yeah, it, I have, but um, yeah, I have not been able to. Um, change anyone's mind yet but so yeah i have but sometimes most of the time they kind of you know change the topic and they kind of oh yeah okay yeah sure well so many of my friends have also visited this temple but they have not really um gone through the you know they have not really shown their interest well, to why, understand the philosophy and who Prabhupada is why this is you know so well why do you think that that it um you find it so attractive and interesting and they don't. Uh, uh, hold on. So, so one of my friends have really some interest before now I remember. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. She was interested. He came. Uh-huh. So but what is it about it? Why is it that it attracts you so much? Um, I don't know. I just really like, like I said, even when I was little, I grew up in a religious um, environment, family. My mother was really religious. Um, but not really focused on Krishna those days. But still, I really, I really like, I really like it. I like it. I really get peace inside when I see when I'm in front of the uh, temple or the deity or any picture, anything. Even mm-hmm. before I started coming to Iskand Temple, so it just it would, gives me really peace inside. Would you say that's your favorite um, part of of the experience? Is standing in front of the deities, getting darshan? Mm-hmm. I do like it. Yeah, I did that when I was little. So although, like I said, um, we had uh, um, you know pictures of all the guard, demigods in the puja room. Uh, you know, I, I used to do the. My mother used to do the morning puja. I used to do the arte in the evening, uh, in those days. And then now, now we have a you know I have an altar. So we do uh, you know so we do it morning and evening. And I really like in the afternoon. So I have started doing more in the afternoon time also. Mm-hmm. So it, it just gives me a very unique peace. It just gives me really peace when I'm really frustrated with, you know, you know, um, and stressed out with daily life here. Yeah. So, you know, I just open the curtain and then, you know, just um, look at uh, Krishna Diti and then um, kind of like a talking, you know, telling him what happened, you know. Yeah. What happened, you know, so and so did this and I should have done, you know, all sorts of things. I just, I just tell him whatever I feel. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I just tell him whatever I feel and what's happening, and he, you, you know, he's the witness. He knows everything else. Says I kind of like a talk to him. Uh huh. I just I do that sometimes whenever that I feel. I just open the curtain and then I talk. It's kind of like he's kind of like a friend. I tell him everything. Uh huh. 
Yeah, you know, um, that's a sort of a uh, avenue of religion that uh, I think most Americans don't have access to. They don't understand it or don't, yeah. or actually think it's dangerous uh, for one reason or another. That You know, the, the second commandment of the Ten Commandments is uh, sort of seems to warn against uh, this sort of thing. But this this very thing that that you get so much comfort from, right? So I I don't quite understand um, why people believe the things they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like Prabhupada said that um, his uh, well, Prabhupada said, and also um, some Guru Maharaj, uh, I don't remember who when um, have said that um, Krishna reciprocate whatever way you uh, associate to try to be, um, you know, develop relationship with him. Yeah. If you see, if you um, see him as your friend, he'll reciprocate that way. If you see him like a son or as a son, as a brother, sis, I mean, brother or friend or neighbor, whoever. So I see him as friend. Interesting. A very good friend. Um, yeah, and then so like I said, whatever, well, he knows everything and everyone's. So in my case, like I just said, um, if I'm stressed out, if something really good thing, bad thing happened, I don't only approach to him for bad thing only. Mm -hmm. Usually what I, what I see is that people, when they are in trouble, when they are in a negative atmosphere, they need something and they approach God. Yeah to, oh, I'm in trouble, get me out, you know, uh, I need to do, do this, make me successful. And so I approach him for my good or bad, any circumstances. If I have something, I'm in a good situation, I got some benefit, you know, I something happened to me, very nice, then I thank him for giving me. And if I'm in trouble or I'm even stressed out or I need to, I mean, such a big thing, uh, uh, you know, negative circumstances, I also approach him saying, this is all your prasad, you know. Mm. So prasad is not only sweet, prasad can be, you know, good or time, good Bitter, or bad, sour, whatever, yeah, um, whatever happens, or... I take it as your prasad, even though it's the negative. Uh, result and and prasad so is I tell norm him prasad normally refers to food that has been offered it's sort of holy food yeah um <laughs> so whatever it's coming from you so whatever happened to me is the result of my you know association with you or hmm. as your prasad is whatever is your prasad i'm accepting it whether good or bad so i don't only approach him on when I'm in trouble, I approach him sure. when I'm good to thank him, thank him for giving me this anything. Well, and whatever I need, I just talk to him, I tell him, you know, he knows everything. I, I know that, that there's um, sort of the, the path to God is, is fairly well mapped out in the, in, the, in the scriptures that the Hare Krishnas refer to. Um, to Consider God your friend mm -hmm. is actually fairly advanced. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a actually, I think, probably a good sign of progress. Do you know 
anyone else who who associates with God as a friend in the way you do? No. Do you recognize when you, for instance, when you read Prabhupada's books, what you're experiencing? You're like, ah, yes, I know that feeling. I know that. I know that mm-hmm. what's being talked about mm-hmm. here. Um, let me uh, say something what I said before. When I said that I see him as my friend, I'm not saying that I'm equal to him. You know what I mean? Oh, no, of course not. Friend no. is generally uh, contemporary in the same level. Uh, but yes. I don't mean to say that mm. I'm in the same level with him. Yes, I understand. Of course, understand. nobody can be in the same level with him. But I just see him like he knows everything, so nothing to hide. Yeah. So whether good or bad, it's from you. I accept it. That's how, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you had said before, you know, um, Krishna reciprocates in the way that you approach him. Mm-hmm. And if you approach God as a friend, God reciprocates with friendship. That's why I, I feel that, yeah. And it has worked for me. Oh, yeah? It does. Yeah. I don't know how others do, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Do you read much of Prabhupada's books? Um, I did not do a whole lot. I'm a beginner reader, beginner uh-huh. reader. I do, and then um, um, I have read other Guru Maharaj's books. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm beginners. I I like I I um, read more during the Kartik time uh-huh. than the other regular time. So I know I need to be better. I need to be better reader. Uh huh. And but I would imagine you and your husband are working sort of together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has his. He has read much more than I have. Uh-huh. He likes to read. Yeah. And does he encourage you to um, sort of yeah. pursue Krishna consciousness? Yeah, he, uh, he does. He has. Yeah. He's taken about the Shastri course, and uh, I was. And he asked me to do it together. And I said, Oh, I'm not, not ready yet. Uh huh. <laughs> oh yeah. So he did. So I have not. Well, it's, but it's nice to be with someone who yeah. encourages you in this. Yeah, in this well, he has, he It has. really is important to have uh, people around to encourage you. I mean, that's part of the reason why they say it's so important to associate with devotees yeah, because why. they act in the capacity of friends right. to encourage. Right, and, right, um, yeah. And then we learn from each other, yeah. yeah. We learn from each other, and then, you know, I learn a lot from them, you know, so... Yeah, and you, you said that you were um, starting to associate more with devotees lately. I mean, not Maybe lately. Maybe last five means, years. Yeah. Yeah, for five years. Uh-huh. When do you feel closest, closest to Krishna? In, like, when is your friendship the deepest? When I'm alone. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I said, that when I have something, I just open the curtain and then start talking to him. That's the closest moment I feel with him. Yeah, and have you passed this on to your children, or or? Um, it's not, a, which I know is a tricky thing yeah. because you don't want to push. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, I have shared with my husband. He knows, but uh, not with the children. They have, but they, they know. We all do the worshiping at home together. Oh, my yeah. children, while well, they are grown up now, so they used to do the you know evening artes and everything else themselves. I, you know, uh-huh. so I let them do it just to teach them. Um, so, um, but I have not told them that I 
you know, open the curtain and then talk to him as a uh -huh. friend. So yeah, and do you, are you involved at all with uh, working in the temple here with the deities at all? No, not yeah. Is that something you want to do? Um, yeah, I like to do. Like yeah. Later, yeah. Do but you have to fill out an application yeah. or something? How do you? How you does mean that the worshiping the duty in the altar? Yeah. Oh, I think we have to be initiated first. I'm not initiated yet. Okay. Yeah, initiated first. Do you, do you plan to? Um, I like to someday. Yeah. Yeah. So you're working towards that. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and how about your husband? Is he? Um, I have not asked him. Okay. So I don't know. But uh, if you were to get initiated, that would bring you closer, right? To, uh, yeah. To your, your well, hopes and for then also we have to have a second initiation, and then into the altar. Oh, before you can work on the altar. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But you would like to, I would assume, uh, you would like to go back to Godhead. Yes. Uh -huh. In this lifetime. If possible. Yeah. If possible, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if not possible. in this life, but uh, you want, at least want to head in that direction. Yes, if possible, of course, if Krishna, you know, if all Krishna is mercy, Prabhupada is mercy. If not, right, like, yeah, that's a safer way to say, to walk walk toward that direction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Following that direction is, you know, important. Yeah, and I can see how... Um, for a lot of people, this whether you get to the destination or not, but the walking on that path is well, much more important. Yeah, and is there a destination there? Like, do you ever reach the destination, or even like, is a devotee just further along, but on the same path that never ends? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess I should say I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least I like to walk on the path. Yeah, I yeah. That's from the that's from my early life. Yeah, mm -hmm. I used to. Um, and my mother said that uh, when you do this fasting for this, I uh, fasting for that, and you get this benefit. And so I used to fast that a lot. Oh, that 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 motivated you. Yeah, huh? it does. You know, I don't know if you know that the Chaturmas time in the year. So this, you know, the Kartik time, right? This yeah, we're the, in the month of. This Kartik. is the month of Kartik. So there are four months, very auspicious period of four months in a year. Uh huh. It's called Chaturmas or Chomas. Is that four? And does then, that mean four months? Yeah, and the first, second, third, fourth, and the last fourth month is a Kartik month. Uh huh. The fourth one. So and then when my mother once said that, oh, if you do fasting in the four months period, you do this, and my cousin and I we fasted for four months. When I was in sixth grade. Really? Yeah. Sixth grade, so we did sixth grade, seventh grade, two years. I fasted for the Thomas four months period. And then after that, I didn't do it. And then I only do the Kartik months this time. Uh huh. So, what I'm saying is that when somebody say you do this, I know, you know, it's really, it means Krishna will be really happy. And, you know, I mean, when I was little, they used to say God will be happy. So, God will be really happy if you do this. And I, oh, really? Okay, so I, that's what I did. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but I never felt that my husband. When I talk to my husband, he also sometimes he really um, is uh, really he really feels amazed that when I when I when he hears my story. And those days when I was sixth or seventh, sixth and seventh grade, when I fasted for the four so period, 
four months period. But I never, you know, sixth as a kid, right? I never felt that, oh, I shouldn't have done, oh, somebody's eating candy, I should, uh, I'm, you know, because I'm my, making myself deprived from getting a candy, right? Because I'm fasting. Yeah. So I never felt that, oh, I shouldn't have done, oh, my colleague is eating a candy, or someone is having a feast, and, oh, I shouldn't have fasted, oh, I maybe I started a bad thing. I never felt like that. When I'm very, I don't normally do, I don't normally do things, but when I do something, when something really motivates me, I'm very determined to finish it up. So I don't do it so much, but after that I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then, but when I do it, I'm really determined to finish in a very, a very uh, neat and clean way. I mean, not really messing up. Yes. Yeah, but I, would, I don't really start. If I start, I really want to finish it up in a very neat and clean way. And it sounds, so. it sounds like that had a, had a, actually a, a strong influence on your life to do this fasting when you did. I did, used to do a lot of fasting, a lot of them. This does I only do for the Kartik. I don't. And it's supposed other. to be good for you too. Like uh, I think they say that you know people live longer if they fast. Live fair, like. People live longer if oh, they fast regularly. It's good for your body. Okay, I didn't, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now I only fast for the Kartik time, and then um, and then Janmashtami. But before, while I was growing up, I used to do a lot, a lot more. And now that you're involved in ISKCON, what, what is, how is your life better? Um, I, like I said earlier, I feel more peaceful than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I say peaceful means um, little things really doesn't bother me these days. I don't know if you see that as symptoms of advancement or not, but before, um, well now, I'm really more peace. I find find myself really more peaceful. Um, Little things really doesn't bother me. And then um, I like to spend more time with the devotees, like I said earlier. Uh And then um, um, I'm less fearful. Less fearful. Yeah. Before, I used to be, um, I used to be really scared when we're talking about death. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Death, oh, death. I used to be kind of afraid of death. Hmm. Now, I, I still I am, but not as much as before. I can clearly say that. Even if I die today, tomorrow, it doesn't really, I don't really feel scared. Yeah, I don't know if you see that as symptoms of advancement or not, but that's how that's the difference I feel in me myself. Yeah, yeah, and the little things really doesn't bother me. That's a really big thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like uh, an improvement I'm in not general cranky in, these days. in mental health, right? Like, yeah. like mentally, you sound like it sounds like yeah. you're healthier. Yeah. You're yeah. more able to cope, less irritable. Yeah, less irritable. More right, peace. And more, less cranky, yeah. And and do you think this is because of being able to come to the temple and, and read the books? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, I feel that. Uh-huh. So yeah. is, it, is it really... And I spend more time in the japa this, now, this day. More time chanting? To, yeah. I used to do only two, three rounds. Uh-huh. So I've been coming to temple for all these years, but I didn't really start doing more job from the beginning. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's just 
uh, two, three years that I started doing uh, 16 rounds. Uh -huh. So, and then... So, wait a minute. For the last two or three years, you you chant 16 rounds a day? Yeah. So, you meditate for two hours a day? Yeah. Actually, I do more than 16 sometimes. Whenever, even though I finish my 16 round, if I have time, I do more. So, <laughs> I would imagine, you know, incorporating two hours of meditation a day... Mm -hmm. into your life mm -hmm. would have a seem you know probably have a profound impact on on yeah. you in a lot of ways right and then i feel the more i chant the more i peace i feel these days which i didn't do before hmm. yeah had anyone in your family taken up any sort of religious practice as intense as this as med as meditating 2 hours a day uh my grandmother used to do japa which is chanting um uh -huh. although she was not really christian conscious you know what was she chanting like i said oh she she had a, her own guru maharaj in different parampara so she was to chant her um that are you allowed to say say what her mantra was or is, um, or is that a private thing sometimes they say private um she I don't remember. She never told us how she's private, but she didn't tell. She didn't tell mantra either. She didn't say private, but she didn't tell everybody. Okay. Okay. So I guess private. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, yeah, she used to spend but, that long time doing her japa. So. But the normal process is for a guru to give you a mantra mm -hmm. that you repeat, that you meditate with, mm -hmm. that you repeat over and over again. But how often? How often did she meditate with japa? She used to do in the morning. She used to do in the morning um, more than an hour. More than I an hour. I don't remember exactly. Um, just more than an hour is nothing for her. She used to do more mm -hmm. than an hour. hour or more than an and hour. And now you're doing two hours. Uh, yeah, it's Prabhupada's mercy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like doing that. I, some, I see the changes in myself. Before I didn't do that much. I used to do four or five or whenever I have time. Yeah. Sometimes when I didn't have children were little, so I didn't used to get that much time, as much as time that I have now. Yeah. So sometimes I didn't even do one or two. So, and so when I do that much now, I see sometimes myself, oh my God, I'm at the one I, you know, who didn't used to do that much before, but it's just sometimes I wonder myself, but I, I feel peace when I do that. Yeah. So, like, are you a proponent of chanting japa? Do you think it's generally good for people, and they should yeah, it if is. they can? Everyone should. Uh, everyone should. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone should do more the better. But I can't force. You know. I yeah. can suggest. I can encourage. If you had time to do japa four hours a day, or six hours a day, mm -hmm. or eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. Would that be a good idea? Um, no. Uh, well, I first I finish my other household duties and responsibilities. Yeah. What I have to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because we're still in the, you know, we're still taking care of our household. Mm -hmm. I finish other things. In the morning, I finish, um, I do uh, regularly after, the, you know, the arti, and then... I try to finish all in the morning, but sometimes I can't. I have to go to work. And then um, sometimes I get up early. I mean, sometimes I get up late. And then, mm -hmm. then I try to finish in the evening or in the afternoon if I have time. Yeah. Yeah.
Sometimes if I have a guest in the house and then I'm busy taking care of the guest sure. and getting them around the city and doing everything else, then I don't get time at all. Yeah. And then I do it that night before I go to bed. Yeah, and I don't think um, it would ever be a good idea, and I don't think anybody recommends this, that you should not take care of the business of your household yeah. in order to chant. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That you should you should chant but you also have to take care of right right that's my responsibility yeah yeah right that's why yeah like i said i try to do that and then like i had a very busy summer this past summer when my son graduated um and then i had a family member coming from nepal and other guests here i had a house full of people and of course i couldn't get to do my <laughs> more than sitting around every day so i always used to finish some and then, you know, at the night time before I go to bed, so, uh-huh. yeah. And, now, and when you're out now, do you ever see Hare Krishnas um, out and about and say hi to them? Like, is it like a secret club that you belong to now? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, are you ever out and you just see someone with a shaved head? And, Here? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, out, out in, in town. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you ever see anybody or, or no? Do I ever talk to them when I see them? Yeah. Of course I would talk to them. I'll just but go to them s- and say Hare Krishna and, and I'll you, just greet them. Do you see them? Are they out? Out there? In, uh, you mean here in town? Yeah. Yeah, I do sometimes. Oh, yeah? We go to D.C. Uh-huh. Or Baltimore, New York, wherever. Uh-huh. Whenever we go visit other places, we t- always try to go and uh, visit the temple in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And are you planning on staying here, or do you plan to go back to Nepal eventually? Uh, we don't know yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you you may end up back in Nepal. We may. We may. We may. Um, and also, the, there's a, um, one of our devoted friends in Nepal. Uh, those days, there was only one Scone temple in Kathmandu, the capital of country. Uh-huh. Now there are more temples, more centers throughout the country. But I would imagine that would determine where you move, right? Yeah. So they are. So and there's an, uh, on the, uh, some friends are starting something. So they are thinking. Some are starting. So we may go back and help them. Or we may stay here uh-huh. and continue to help, you know, in the Potomac. Or we don't know yet. And is there a difference, like, is it, is, what's ha- happening with it in Nepal? Is, is ISKCON, are the Hare Krishnas growing in Nepal? Um, it is growing compared to before, uh-huh. um, but it's not as much as, um, it is growing. Well, I should say it's growing compared to before, before there was only one temple, there now there are uh, five, and uh-huh. Five already in Kathmandu. Yeah, uh, no, 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 different part of the country. Oh, in different parts one of Nepal. One in Kathmandu, the three another cities, three cities, and then one is uh, about two. So it is, yeah, a lot. Huh. All right. Well, thank you for sitting with me. Well, thank you so much. Agreeing to be thank interviewed. You for inviting. Yeah. You've been listening to Questions for the Sages. I'm Michael Scherer. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Thank you again for your time, Ambika, and I wish quick progress on the devotional path 
for you and your husband. Thanks to Rico Hayes for the theme music and to Miriam Lansky for discussions about how to approach the subject matter of the podcast. Thank you also to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland for making this podcast possible. I'm Michael Scherer, and you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. Thank you.